until like an hour ago. But I do have a word from God. I was going to give it to you guys next week. But we're going to go ahead and kick it off this week. Where is your tent facing? Everybody read that? Did I do any spelling errors? Caleb, did I mess it up? What'd I do? Is it, is it silly? All right. I'm just making sure. If I, you can make fun of it a little. I don't mind. But where is your tent facing? Has anybody got to do any camping this summer? No, no, you're right. You didn't. You stayed in the Airbnb when we went to the men's outing, which was your perfect opportunity to sleep in a tent. But who did go camping this year? Anybody go camping? See, we got, yeah, we got some campers. Did you, who stayed in a tent? Oh, see, that went way different. Some of us were like, yes, we went camping, but what we really went was glamping. That's not, it wasn't really camping, guys. Camping is when you're rustic and you sleep in a tent and it's wild and crazy. How come do we think only a few of us actually went camping in a tent this year? Can anybody give me any reasons? A day. Why do you not? Why did you not go camping in a tent this year? Come on, one good reason. Tell me one. You're lazy. That's that's a that's actually a valid point. Taking a tent and going camping is a lot of work. You like he likes his video games. He can't play video games in a tent, so that's crazy. It costs money. Well, that's debatable. That's a little bit debatable because if you own a tent, it really doesn't cost anything. You just pitch it and you're good. It's uncomfortable. Candy says. Candy says it is very uncomfortable. What do you think? Okay, the gas prices. You can camp in your backyard. See, you're just starting to argue now. You can camp anywhere. We get. I mean, technically, you could camp in your living room if you just set up a tent. What's up? The bugs. Oh my God, that was a good reason not to go camping this year, guys. I don't know what is going on. I've heard some crazy theories about the government like making mosquitoes worse. I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail right now. <laughs> but it does seem like there's something crazy about the mosquitoes this year. Like, we were overriding a couple weeks ago. We almost got eaten alive. Like, I had to go get blood put back in because they took almost half of it out. But <laughs> So bugs are a, good, are a good reason not to go. But someone brought up comfort, and they said that they were uncomfortable. That's one of the reasons why we didn't go stay in a tent. And I have something that I'd like to say because where you put your tent matters quite a bit. Like That can determine whether or not you're comfortable. If you pitch your tent, like this right here, this picture I put up here is like a tent open, like viewing into the mountains. Like. I don't know if that I'd really want to sleep right there on the side of a mountain. Have you guys ever you seen those like one person sleeping tents are almost like a hammock that you like sleep on the side of a mountain? You like zip yourself in? That looks crazy to me. Like that terrifies me. So we we do have times though where I've stayed in a tent and it was quite comfortable. It was quite nice. Has anybody had a good experience where they stayed in a tent? Yes, there were some guys that came to the men outing that had a great time. They stayed in a tent, and it was awesome. Because when it comes to staying in a tent, it's all about where you pitch your tent. Where your tent is facing, where your tent is located matters everything. If you got your tent in the middle of a field, 
no trees around, you're gonna have to deal with heavy winds. If it rains, you're gonna get swamped. If you, if you make your tent underneath of a big tree, like a big pine tree, you're not gonna have to worry about the rain because the tree's gonna take care of most of that. You might have to worry about tree sap, but, but there's, a, there's a way where you can put your tent in a place where it makes living comfortable. And so I would like to get to the word of God. Let's go to the next slide because we're going to talk a little bit about this today. In Genesis 4 and 32, we hear about Abraham. And it says, Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Does anybody know what that word pitched means? Is that, is that King James? Is that too King James for everybody? Pitch your tent. It's like to put it up. It's like where you're facing it. Pitch your tent. So he pitched his tent towards Sodom. Does anybody know anything about Sodom? Has anybody ever heard a story in the Bible about Sodom and Gomorrah? Have you heard the story about God raining down fire and destroying the whole city? You know, they've actually located that through archaeology and they found that city. And they said that there is, there's still some brimstone in the city from that fell on that and during that time period. So again, we talked about the proof of the Bible last week. So we're going to talk about some archaeology as we go here. But this, so this is an actual event. This is something that actually took place. But it all started because of this verse right here in verse number 12, where he pitched his tent towards Sodom. So I, I want to go back. We're going to go back to the beginning of Genesis 13, and we're going to read a little bit about how and why we got to this place. So Abraham left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev. This is verse number one. Along with his wife and Lot and all they owned. Abram was very rich in livestock, silver and gold from the Negev and continued traveling by stages towards Bethel. Now, Abraham's rich. It's very important. I'd like to talk about why Abraham's rich. Because, you know, we get the same inheritance from Abraham. Like, Abraham was blessed by God. We should be living in a lifestyle where we believe that we're blessed by God. If I live in a mentality where I'm not going to get things, I'm actually talking down about the character of God. If I understand that God loves me, God promised me, he, he promised Abraham that he would bless his descendants, then therefore I get a blessing if I believe in that. If I don't believe in that, then God has nothing, I'm not holding him to his word. But when I know that Abraham was rich and Abraham was blessed, so therefore I should be rich and I should be blessed in the same vein, then I'm treating God the way God deserves to be treated, right? How many of you guys are glad that we serve a good God? Let's give God a hand today. He's a good God. He loves you. He wants the best for your life. He wants to help you out. He wants to bless you. And here, Abraham's living in this blessing. Abraham's living. He's got silver. He's got gold. He, he's, he's, he's doing great. And from the Negev, he travels to Bethel. And there, he pitched his tent between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abraham had built an altar, and there he worshiped the Lord again. So here we see Abraham's living this life of blessing, and he returns to a place where he's built altars before in his life. He puts his tent facing the things that God's done in his life. He doesn't live in a manner where he's not paying attention to what God's done, but he, he has to go back to an altar that he's built before. So many times we've got to do that in our lives. I don't want to live my life facing the problems that I have. 
I want to live my life facing the answers that God's provided in my life. You know, in, in 1 Corinthians, it talks about our bodies being a tent. And it tells us that one day we're going to take this tent off and we're going to, we're going to have new, a new body given to us. And God's going to bring us and live with him for an eternity in these new bodies. And it talks about us just wanting to take this tent off. So this metaphor sticks with the scripture that I've been reading. Our bodies are a tent. And everywhere you face your tent matters. Abraham faced his tent towards God, towards the altar that he had built to God, to remind him of the things that God had done in his life. And because of that, he's living a blessed life here. He's living a blessed life, worshiping the Lord in places that he's always been. And it says, Lot, who traveled with Abraham, had also become very wealthy in flocks and sheep and goats and herds and cattle and many tents. So this is a good lesson right here, guys. You, you get something out of hanging around people that are blessed. Like you get something from hanging out with people that are blessed. So many times in my life, I've made the mistake of looking at what someone else got and being like, man, they don't deserve that. I need, why don't I have that? How come I don't got what they got? And the scriptures always remind me that that's not the attitude that we get. You get that you get blessed by being around people that are blessed. When I see someone that God's dumped blessings in their life, instead of me getting all upset and hurt, why, why didn't God do that for me? Me celebrating with them and worshiping with them is what will bring that blessing into my life. Yes, you have a question. Is that like when Joseph became a slave and everything Joseph, like, uh, he let Joseph become the owner of his household and he basically made everything work perfectly? Yeah, that, that story ties in because he made God the center of his life. Even though he was in a prison, like no one wants to pitch a tent in prison, no one wants to be in prison, but, but even though he was in prison, he still put his face towards God. He still faced what was important in his life. And because of that, we watched him prosper. We watched him move up to the place of highest honor in Egypt. And we, we see that throughout the Bible where people face their tent determines where they're gonna end up. If I'm facing my tent towards God, that's where I'm going to end up in my life. But if I'm going to focus on things of the world, then I'm going to end up in the world. Now, I get it. We're in the world, right? Like we're in the world. So you guys are going to see things. You guys are going to be around things. You guys are going to experience things. That, that's life. We all got to put up with that. Even when you're older, you're going you're gonna to have to be in situations sometimes. But that doesn't mean that's where your tent is facing. You've got to make sure my tent's facing towards God. Like, yes, I'm in the world. Like, there, there might be a song come on the radio that I'm not really 100% in agreement with. And I may listen along, but at the same time, that, that's not where my tent's facing. My tent faces the tabernacle. My mind needs to be on the things of God. My heart needs to be on the things of God. So anyways, he travels with them. He's rich. But the land could not support both Abraham and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out among the herdsmen of Abraham and Lot. At that time, Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land. So here we go. They're, they're living a good life, guys. Everything's blessed. God's good. They got all kinds of money. And what's the one thing that destroys a very good situation? Yes, Satan, Saul. Thank you. 
Yes, he does destroy that. You're very good on that. How does he destroy that was my actual question. How does he destroy that situation? How did he destroy the situation? He caused them to start fighting. He caused them to fight. He caused them to dispute one another, guys. This is, a, this is very important for our church, guys. We're living in a day of blessing right now. Like, we've got a beautiful room. We've got big events going on. We're going to camp. We're doing amazing things again. We're living in this where we've got, we've got good things. We've got stocks and we've got herds and we've got tents and, and we're blessed. But let's not ruin that blessing by fighting and arguing with our brothers and sisters. Because that's what's going to ruin that situation more than anything. Abraham and Lot were good. They were blessed. They had money. They were prospering. Everything looked great. But all of a sudden, they started arguing. All of a sudden, people started bickering. People started talking. And there was trouble among them. Man, that's how the devil destroys things, guys. That's how the devil destroys things. He could, the only thing he'd love to do in this youth group is get some of you guys fighting. Get some of you guys fighting against the other one. Make it to where you guys can't get along. Destroy the unity in our midst. And he can destroy everything. And that's what he just did here with Abraham and Lot. So finally, Abraham says to Lot, let's not allow the conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any selection of the land you want, and we will separate. So finally, the man of God realizes that it's better to separate, boys, than to continue to fight. <laughs> He realizes that, you know what? I'm not going to let this destroy my life. I'm not going to let this. So we're going to separate. And sometimes that's what we got to do. Sometimes I got to split you boys up on the back row because you're fighting over a pillow. Sometimes that happens. And I've just got to do my job because I don't want you guys to fight because it will destroy my sermon that I'm up here trying to preach. So we're going to not let the enemy sneak in and cause conflict in the middle of this. But <laughs> you guys, you guys get the point, though. You guys really get the point that I'm driving. at. I know I'm being funny and picking, but but there's there's a real message here because that is how the enemy has destroyed it. I've seen churches split. I'm old enough now where I sound like an old man when I say that, but I'm old enough now where I've seen some situations like that. I've watched churches break up. I've watched things be divided and it always comes through conflict. It always comes through division and people arguing and people getting upset about things and feelings getting hurt. And next thing you know, we're having to separate and we can't share our blessing no more. And you can't be blessed by the blessing that God's dumping into my life because we can't be around each other without fighting. So we got to keep our eyes open to this. I don't want to be like Abraham and just say, hey, you know what? Let's just separate. I want to, I want them to stay together. I want to build unity. I want to be a body that's strong the way God designed it to be. So he tells them, though, go ahead, pick any land you want. It's open to you. Go ahead and do what you want with it. If you prefer the land to the right, then I'll go to the left. If you prefer the land to the left, I'll go to the right. Look at how fertile the plains of the Jordan Valley and in the direction of Zophar. So he took a good long look in that direction and the whole area was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. So Lot's standing here now, he's got the choice. Where do I wanna move my tent? I've got all this open land in front of me and he looks and he sees that this land looks beautiful. Anybody ever seen something that looked really beautiful? From far away, and then you get close. It's nice. Look, Josh, are you talking about me? 
Come, come up here preaching. You gotta be nice. <laughs> no, but we've all experienced things where it looks really good until you get there. I've had a couple of jobs that looked really good, and I was like, this is gonna be a good job. I'm gonna go work here. And then after about a week, I was like, dude, this is not a good job. This is not a good spot. I don't, I don't want to be here. We have these situations in our life where we look at things and they seem like it's perfect. It seems like it's great. The world tells you it's good. Has anybody seen rappers on the TV and thought, man, they got a good life? Anybody seen people with expensive cars and all this money thrown around? And you look at it and you go, wow, that's well watered. That looks really good. Maybe I should pitch my tent towards that direction. Maybe I should become a rapper. And maybe I should... You guys think that's a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should pitch my tent towards this because this, this is a good life. Guys, look at it. It's well watered. It's everything we need to grow what we need. But he didn't realize that it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good place to be. Lot wasn't a good land for him to be in. So many times the TV can paint things in our minds to make us think that it's well watered and it's a good place that I'd like to live. But if you actually show up there, you realize it's not the place where you want to live. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. They throw this in there in the Bible in parentheses. They're like, yeah, it was real beautiful before God destroyed it. Some of the lives look real beautiful before God destroys them. We look at some of these celebrities and we're like, wow, they got it made before the sin catches up with them. And this is what he's looking at. He's looking at this land and it looks so beautiful. Nothing could go wrong in this land. But we know the story. And Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and his servants and parted company with his uncle, Abraham. Now, Abraham was the one with the covenant. Abraham was the promise. Guys, for real, I need you guys to be quiet. Don't disturb everybody around you. But Abraham was the one with the promise. Abraham was the one who had the covenant. Abraham had a relationship with God and walked hand in hand with God. And in Lot, instead of sticking with someone that they know knew God, he's out on his own now. He's off on his own. So Abraham settled in the land of Canaan. And here's where we began with our scripture. And Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of that area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. After that, it says here, so their people were extremely wicked. Everything, everything that they did in this city was terrible. And if we continue this story about Sodom and Gomorrah, we see that God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. Candy, separate that. God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah for that reason. Because they weren't, they weren't living the life that God designed for them to live. But here we see Abraham's on the other side of that. Abraham's like, he's got a covenant with God. And even though all these wicked people are over here, he's going to put his tent facing somewhere else. And God says to Abraham, look as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, and west. And I am giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. So here we see where Abraham does the opposite. Abraham faces his tent towards God. Sodom faces his tent towards Gomorrah, and he's stuck dealing with these wicked, extremely wicked people. But Abraham faces his tent towards the altar of God that he built 
towards somewhere where he know God, where he knew God had blessed his life, and this is what he receives out of it. God tells him, as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east, and west, I'm giving you all this land. As far as your eye can see, to you and to your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, you cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. So Abraham moved his camp to Haran and settled near the oak grove belonging to Merib. And there he built another altar to the Lord. So again, here he's faced his tent towards God the whole time. He's made sure that he's had his, his mind on the right thing and his heart on the right thing. And because of that, God blesses him and God gives him more descendants than he can count. God gives him riches and gold and all of these blessings in his life, all because he's made sure that his tent is facing the blessing, that his tent's not facing destruction. Let's go to the next slide, Brian. I'm going to read this last scripture, and then we are going to close it up. But in Exodus 3, 33, verse 7, I want to look at this, because this is God's instruction to his people. We see in the Old Testament the tabernacle plan. This is God unfolding what the church is going to look like in the New Testament in type and shadow. Very important. Type and shadow. We see type and shadow of a lot of things in the Old Testament. It's not the way we do it in the New Testament, but it shows us a little bit of a representation of that in the Old Testament. And here we see another example of this. And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without, without the camp. What? Pitched it without the camp? Afar off from the camp and called the tabernacle, called it the tabernacle of the congregation. So this is the first tabernacle. This is when Abraham finally made the first tabernacle. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out into the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. See, I put it in King James Version. I knew I should have done that. I knew I should have just stuck with my Lou Living Translation. It's what I'm comfortable with. But go ahead and get to the next one. So he tells them, he pitches the tabernacle and he brings it outside the camp. And it came to pass that when Moses went out into the tabernacle, that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. So he sets up this tabernacle and Moses is going into the holiest of holies place. But every person's tent in the entire congregation of Israel faced their tent towards the tabernacle. No, I have to wait. We'll deal with you later. <laughs> they all faced the tabernacle. That was the game plan that God set up. He said, if when I structure my church, I'm going to put the church, the tabernacle, right at the center of everything. And all of us are going to face our tents towards the tabernacle. This past week, we've been teaching and hearing a lot about the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This has been our, our focus all year at Pineview Church. We have been preaching the kingdom first. That's what this is talking about. Are you going to put God first in your life? Are you going to worry about the things of this world? Are you going to worry about where you're going to work, what you're going to do, who you're going to be with? Or are you going to just focus on God and let him work out the things in your life? Because I don't want anybody to end up in Sodom and Gomorrah.
It looks good. It looks like it's all right, guys. It looks like it's well watered. It looks like it's all going to work out fine. But sometimes in life, you got to go to some older people and you got to talk to them and be like, what happened? What, do you, what, what have you learned in your life? And they'll tell you that there are some places that you don't want to end up in your life. You may think it's all good, but they'll give you a warning. Guess what, guys? You don't want to go down this road. It may look like it's watered. It may look like it's perfect, but God's going to rain down fire on that one day, and you don't want to be anywhere near it. So where we face our tent matters. Go to the next slide. I think there's one more. And the people who saw the cloud of pillars standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people who saw the, the I don't know why I can't read King James Version today at all. And all the, I should make you all read it with me. Let's all read it together. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the door of the tabernacle. And all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. Well, it was easier with you guys. Thank you guys. You helped me. Every person saw this. When they looked up and they saw the tent, it said that a pillar of cloud covered it by day and a fire, a pillar of fire by night. They knew that God's presence existed there. And every single one of them, when they saw Moses get ready to go in there and talk to God, they stood at the front of their door and they faced what mattered most. And I know today, you know, we don't, we don't have a, a pillar of fire hanging out over our church and we don't have a big cloud out there. But we've all felt God's presence in this house. We all know where our tabernacle is. We've all built altars in our life that belong to God. We all know these things. We have to remember to keep focused on that. We have to remember to keep our tent facing the right way. Right. Sarah, if you'll come. Amen. amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. Unasked for amen. Everybody, let's stand. Let's stand. <laughs>